Tickets? Check. Popcorn and beverage? Check. It's showtime. Local talk that's moving the needle. From the iHub Radio Screening Room, this is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever you get to listen to the program, I hope you're having a wonderful day and you're staying indoors and staying safe during the coronavirus pandemic. It is, it's been quite an interesting week in movies because um, last Friday, a movie came out called Trolls World Tour. Now that movie, um, let's just say it's a lot more important than than one believes it to be, but we'll talk about that later on in the program. But I wanted to first talk about the first Trolls movie because I had never seen it before. And so I thought I might as well take the opportunity to watch this movie. This is a movie that I've been heavily anticipating not because of the fact that i'm into the trolls franchise or i i don't even have kids but I, i've been anticipating watching the first one because i had never seen it and i know that it has this immense popularity with children and i thought there's got to be a reason why children like these movies what could it be because this movie had gained a lot of popularity on Netflix and it had gained a real following on digital release and it has a fan base that has bought merchandising. So the film itself, while it was a big hit at the box office, had to overcome a lot of barriers. It had to overcome the fact that it was anticipated as not being a success, kind of like how Toro's World Tour is slowly being viewed by the industry. But we'll talk about that later on. And Trolls... The premise of Trolls is pretty simple. So basically, there is a group of people called the Bergens who basically eat the trolls because in their opinion, they get happiness from them. So if they eat a troll, then they'll be happy for a day, kind of like an antidepressant, which kind of leaves some really strange subtext that the film has. But we'll leave it alone because it's not one of those movies you should think too critically about its implications. In the case of um, trolls, the Bergen, when they eat um, the trolls, it, it, it isn't convenient for the trolls, of course. So the trolls themselves, um, they escape from the Bergens, and then later, 20 years later, the Bergens finally find them, and now they have to, um, the princess of the trolls, Princess Poppy, she has to go and rescue her friends along with a very pessimistic but very, I would say, ultimately very kind person named Branch, another troll, and both of them set forth to save their friends, or at least, as Branch puts it, Poppy's friends. And Princess Poppy, she is very happy, optimistic, and the trolls themselves just dance and party all the time. They don't care. They have any worries. And the only troll that actually talked about the Bergens being an eventual threat was Branch, kind of sounds familiar right that somebody would constantly talk about that something could potentially happen that there might be some real threatening obstacle that we have to all overcome societally and no one wants to believe them sounds a little familiar that's why he's that's why branch is so relatable just everybody's that person that wants to tell everybody that that something big and horrible is going to happen, but nobody wants to listen to them. That's what I like about that character, to be honest, is that Branch 
I'm just going to get off the bat that Branch is the best character in the whole thing just because he's so relatable. And the fact that he takes away, he takes the piss away from some of the characters who are constantly happy and constantly smiling and constantly dancing. It gets to a point where um, you're just kind of tired of them being so optimistic. So when that moment happens, Branch, played by Justin Trim- uh, Timberlake, he goes out of his way to to um, basically take the film down a pig because it it just gets to a point where you don't want to constantly see things be super happy without it being earned i think don bluth once said that people can enjoy happy moments in movies more when they have other types when they have more depressing moments to kind of uh counteract it because people should earn those happy moments and i think that's why his movies succeed and trolls for the most part i don't know if i would call this movie a success as a critically acclaimed picture i think of it as a movie that has over the years proven its worth that it's a nice movie for kids to kind of watch and they relate to the characters and they kind of feel like at the end everything will get much better and it does have a positive attitude for the most part so i don't think it's a mean-spirited movie but i also think that at times there are certain arcs in this film that kind of create an unfortunate situation like branch the fact that he is depressed and that he is not very happy in life and he doesn't participate too much in the parties and the life of the other trolls um the film doesn't really address it in a way where it makes it understandable why he would do it they have the tragic backstory and it's so it's almost played for laughs it's so mismanaged and if you've seen the movie, you know that that moment, that line that finally indicates why he's so depressed, why it's not funny. <laughs> I just don't think it's that funny. It, it, why I don't think it's that sad. And it's so funny to me. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not funny when it has to be in that, in that scene. And it's not sad when it needs to be. It's sort of the reverse. It's kind of sad when these characters make jokes around that time that he tells a story. And it's kind of and it's kind of funny when the character is supposed to be sad. So it's weird because you have two different reactions, opposite reactions to what the film is trying to do in that very small moment. And I think that the film also just kind of is difficult to remember. I had some difficulty remembering what had happened in the film because it goes by so fast and so quickly that you don't honestly keep track of characters and i also think that the film doesn't really make you care for poppy's friends i think poppy's friends are often depicted as mean-spirited just unintentionally because they're supposed to be like they don't really get along with branch because branch is always so depressed but you understand why branch doesn't want to be around these people these people are constantly partying and having a good time and he honestly knows information and he's trying to warn people that you know if you keep going down this path of irresponsibility and carelessness you're going to unfortunately cause the death of all of us and he he's proven right i never quite understood why the film never clearly establishes that branch was right for the most part and if he's depressed that it's okay that it makes sense for his character to be depressed and then the film when his arc ends where he has to eventually learn to be happy I kind of feel like it creates this idea that people aren't allowed to grief. And I think that children may internalize messages that if someone is sad, you basically have to push them to being happy rather than 
I think the film's intended message is that you're supposed to find happiness naturally rather than impose it. But I think because the film has to kind of dwindle down its ideas that it doesn't clearly articulate that exactly. Um, I don't want to spoil too much of Trolls because, again, if you haven't seen Trolls, which if you're a parent, you probably have seen it. I also think that there are better movies out there for children to watch personally. And I think that there are a lot of free movies on YouTube right now, like the secret of Nim that kids can watch instead of trolls. Um, I do think that the music for the most part, isn't bad. Um, I, I do think that it's a very weird musical because on one hand it wants to be a jukebox musical, but then it also has original music, but then it, it, it kind of, weirds me out how the film plays out in the case of the one song that people remember from this movie can't stop the feeling that is actually a really good song can't stop the feeling rightfully did deserve its oscar nomination it is a fun song for you to dance to it also makes sense within the context of the film that the film for the most part does have a very um i would say strong conclusion because of that str- a song. And I and I mean strong for the film. It's not a strong conclusion overall. That its conclusion, when he uses that song, it does fulfill an arc by having a certain character sing it. And if you know the singer, then I guess that's a spoiler, but um, Can't Stop the Feeling does still work in the movie. But I also think it just works overall. It's just a good song to listen to. I don't think it should win any Oscars, and it didn't. But it is a... It's worthy enough of a nomination. Now, is it good for kids? I think that the film does work well enough that kids can get some leverage out of it. It's fun. It's bouncy. But I also think it's not very it's not very substantial. I think children should get a little bit more substantial cinema. I mean, your kids will eternalize a lot of great movies. And I think your kids are old that. I, I don't believe in this idea that, oh, it's just for kids. I don't really like that mindset. I think that mindset kind of puts kids at a disadvantage because there's a lot of great books and movies and songs that children could benefit from if we don't underestimate them. And so for me, Trolls, it's a fun distraction and maybe it's an example of a fun movie that kids can watch. And if you really don't have any other options and you're concerned about the parenting guides on some movies, like I know some parents who have told me, that they don't want to show their kids like The Secret of Nim or movies like that because they feel that it's a little bit darker or they might have ideas that might go over a child's head. And Trolls is that type of movie where it's easy to figure out the storyline. It's easy to figure out who the villains are and who the good guys are. It's very color-coded. It's very bright. I think the animation is really pretty. It's a very pretty-looking movie, even if it's not very you know, intelligent or very thoughtful in its messages or even its themes, but it, it does serve its purpose as a movie for kids to kind of laugh at and kind of giggle and maybe dance to like, it's, it's enthusiastic and it is, it does have energy in there. I just don't think that the energy really uh, makes it a better movie in terms of like longevity. I think in maybe a couple years from now, kids who grew up with them probably won't be revisiting. It's a film that parents will only really watch because their kids are watching it. I don't think adults will really watch it. And if it does have adult fans, I'm not going to say I'm not surprised because adult fans of any adult fans exist of any franchise, but I can see it. 
And I also want to say that I also really liked um, the fact that Anna Kendrick was able to make um, Poppy into a very fascinating character um, in that she is supposed, it's fascinating that the character is supposed to come across as really annoying in one way, but is almost borderline unwatchable in terms of how her character treats Branch. And And I think that Anna Kendrick kind of adds a real flair to it so it doesn't feel like she is unlikable even though she's a little annoying um i also want to give a shout out to zoe Deschanel for doing a really good job as bridget i didn't even recognize her and i think that it's she does a really good job having sweet chemistry with christopher mintz place who plays the king of the bergen so um zoe Deschanel has bridget in a subplot who is a scullery maid who is in love with the king of the bergens and their storyline is just cute. You know, that's one of the things I would say is that it has its moments. It's cute at times, but I don't think it's very substantial. I think a lot of people could agree with me that it's not very deep, but you know that sometimes kids can enjoy a movie that isn't always deep or very, um, I would say, uh, insightful. Sometimes kids can just enjoy a movie for the sake of enjoying a movie. And I guess it works for that. Um, I guess I would give Trolls two out of four stars. It has its really, it has its moments, and its subplots are much better than its main plot to some extent. I almost wish that we got the Bergen romance as the main plot, but for the most part, it's it's an okay movie. It it it's aged pretty well, I guess. Like it still looks nice to look at, but it's it's not too smart and i think that at times the characters can come across as unintentionally mean-spirited or annoying and we can do and we could do better stay tuned we're going to talk about why trolls world tour should be something you should be check keeping an eye out for stay tuned ihub radio reinventing talk radio in the coachella valley homemade for the rest of us From the iHub Radio Screening Room, this is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So, I talked about the first Trolls movie, and I talked about how, for the most part, it kind of overcame a lot of barriers. Like, people saw the trailer for um, Trolls, and they, for the most part, didn't think it was a great-looking movie. And then it became a success, and so people started to realize okay, maybe we actually have to take this film success a little bit more seriously and not underestimate too many movies. So what can I say about Trolls World Tour that may convince you to keep an eye out on its success, if any, and it is successful. It's actually a successful release. So for many of us, we already know the reality that movie theaters are closed because of the coronavirus pandemic, and so you can't go to the movie theater. Um, Some movie theaters in the states that chose not to do shelter at home, why they haven't done it, don't ask me, but they probably should consider it. Those states still have movie theaters open, so for the most part, they will still have Trolls World Tour there. So the movie will have some financial success potential financial gain from movie theaters but again movie theaters the funny thing is movies only really make 50 percent of the profits off of um studios only make 50 percent of the profits off movie theater releases whereas digital releases they actually gain 80 percent 
of the profit. So in some cases, some um, studios like Universal, they actually want to consider releasing movies on digital that they can um, they could actually um, experiment with putting movies that they don't deem as successful in um, cinema in theaters, but they would like to see them prosper as a digital release. And I've seen movies that do that where they release them concurrently as a digital release and as a, um, as a, uh, on demand film. So it can be both and that's totally fine. I've seen films succeed pretty well with that. Uh, I've seen independent movies that, would do that and netflix has also done that model where they would release a movie on their streaming service and then they release it in certain theaters so it is a model that's not unprecedented but to see a film that was poised to be a major theatrical release be put on a streaming platform it's actually a really fascinating um situation because some movie theaters and some people have speculated that Maybe one day movie home theater is something that that's been debated for a while, which is would it be possible for people to rent movies that are in the movie theater at home for higher prices like twenty thirty dollars and some people are looking at trolls to at the trolls world tour movie to see if it's possible that maybe one day this could be the norm would it be possible to would it be successful? And I can't say for sure that it's going to be uh, something that will change the way films are done. Maybe it will be. But Trolls World Tour is actually the biggest digital debut ever. Um, Universal reported that it actually did far more six, it's far more better digitally than people who went out and rented uh, or purchased the digital copies of movies like Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World and its sequel. And even it's on its way to being a little bit more successful than Avengers um, Endgame, which actually had a really strong opening, which really strong um, presence as a digital release. So for Trolls World Tour to have this big of a presence, I think it's helped by the fact that no one's going to the movie theater. And I think a lot of families are watching this movie at home to kind of distract their kids. But some people have been complaining on like Amazon prime the amazon prime comments which are why is it twenty dollars um that this is the type of film that parents would have to put on for their kids multiple times and the sad thing is that the twenty dollars is is only really available for 48 hours so if you uh, rented the film you will only be able to see the film within the 48 hours um you have 30 days to watch it of course but once you start watching it you have 48 hours to finish it and some parents are concerned that the it's it's a little bit of a steep price point and i definitely want to tell parents that you know try to play some fun games with it like i would tell parents to consider maybe doing a challenge where they're convincing their kids hey hey kids this movie's only going to be available for 48 hours go and watch it as many times as you can can you watch how many times can you watch it in 48 hours and do it early in the morning so they can watch it multiple times throughout the day and have fun with it and of course you know if when you have some extra money and the kids want to watch it again they can rent it it's not i don't think the price point's too steep to some extent i guess it makes sense that it'd be twenty dollars because they have to make back make back some money and the studio will be getting back about eighteen dollars from the from each rental but 
I also can see the side of it being that it is steep for parents, especially during a time where a lot of people are struggling financially. And even stimulus checks aren't exactly perfect if you live in certain parts of the country, like if you live in California or Oregon or some other states where it's a little bit higher, a little bit more demand for housing and rent. I can see how uh, the stimulus check might not be the most um, the, the most rewarding thing, and I can see how um, parents might just not want to spend too much money on a movie that they might only be able to show their kids a couple times when their kids want to see a movie over and over again. And I can definitely see that. But I'm going to ask, ask the question. Is Trolls World Tour worth the $20 as a movie? Stay tuned. I will answer that question coming up next. And then later on in the program, I will discuss the Tiger King bonus episode that came out. Is it worth it? Is it worth coming back to the Tiger King universe? Maybe you've already done so. But stay tuned. We will talk about Trolls World Tour a little bit more in depth. Stay tuned. Live from the Coachella Valley. He calls it as he sees it. This is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza on iHub Radio. Trolls World Tour, again, is one of the first movies, or if not the first movie, to be completely released on digital during a pandemic because of a pandemic. So, if anything, it's going to be historical for the fact that it might set a precedent um, precedence for something that may or may be a pattern, which is releasing um, home theater films for people who just want to stay home and watch a movie for, at higher prices. And if you want to go to the movie theater, you may go there for the experience. But I personally am the type that encourages people to go to the movie theater because not only will you get the... Um, the movie you will also get the experience of going there and you and it's great for date night going out to movies with friends and family it's a whole experience that movie theaters have set up for you and i think they're kind of underrated for that movie theaters are fun and i like going to movie theaters so for me there's there's no replacing the movie theater for things but is trolls world tour worth the 20 dollars 48 hour rental is it worth it now that's a good question I'm going to say if you want to see it that badly, I suppose it is, but I would rather buy it for $20. I don't think it's worth the $20 in on that end. I think that if your if your kids really like it, $20 for a few time viewings in a 48-hour time period, not perfect. But I, I get that they have to make back their money in some way or another and that it makes it even more exclusive. But during a pandemic, it may or may not look very good. But outside of that, I'm going to say that it if you like the first Trolls movie and you want to see the second one, I guess it may be. If you really like the first Trolls movie and you rented it so many times that eventually you had to buy it at the $20 mark, I guess it's not bad. But it again... I understand if you don't want to rent it for $20. I understand that. It's not a perfect movie. It's not great cinema, but I guess if you're really desperate for something new, Trolls War Tour is something new. So that's not the highest praise, of course. So what is Trolls War Tour about? What exactly is the sequel have to contribute in the in the in the ever-growing saga of the Trolls multiverse universe? 
Um, so basically, Poppy and Branch discover that they are only among a uh, among six tribes of trolls in which they have different uh, genres of music. So their tro- the troll, the type of troll that Poppy and Branch are would be pop trolls, and then there are funk trolls, and then there are rock trolls, um, classical trolls. Um, can't believe I have to keep saying trolls so often. Let's do a drinking game. Every time I say the word trolls in this review, feel free to take a shot. But drink responsibly, of course. But um, and at your discretion. Um, <laughs> they just have so. Uh, they also have techno trolls, and they. Oh boy, they have, con- and even country trolls. So there's a genre of six trolls and they all and they all used to live in harmony until one day it all broke apart and i'm not going to reveal the twist but let's just say somebody got a little greedy with the music and they split up into different fractions and then one of the one of the tribes decides to finally take over the rock trolls decide that it's finally time to take over and collect the six strings because in the mythology of trolls the very wonderful extensive mythology they had a musical instrument that played that had six strings and each of the strings played one genre of music so um so and they all got split up into different fractions fractions and so each troll got their own string and so the queen of the trolls she decides to finally go around and take each string to finally create the giant, uh, really uh, to create a um, guitar that will basically turn into everyone into um, uh, rock trolls along with her. So it's kind of like a Thanos, but a little less genocidal and a little bit more fascist, if you know what I mean. But, <laughs> and so it's up to Poppy and Branch to go out of their way to defeat the queen uh, the uh, queen, uh, the queen of the rock, the rock princess. I was gonna say queen of rock, but I forgot her husband, uh, her um, her father, played by Ozzy Osbourne, is King Thrash. So, forgive me on that part. But for the most part, they will have to defeat her and also try to reunite everybody to be in one happy, diverse community or something. It's. There, it gets to the point where sometimes you don't even know what the film's trying to teach you until the very end, where you're like, "Okay, I get, I get what you're trying to say, movie," but you didn't really make it clear throughout. So, is this film a better movie? I don't think it's necessarily better or worse. I think they're almost on the same level. I honestly think that if you like the first Trolls movie, you'll like this one for different reasons. It is, it's interesting because this movie has a different atmosphere to it. It's very trippy. I would describe that's the best way to describe it. It's very trippy. It has these really weird almost psychedelic, almost acidic moments in which it almost feels like the film is encouraging you to kind of be on a substance to watch it. So there'll be moments where there'll be flying puppies and really strange moments where characters would die and then what they see is something really far out. And the color scheme is very powerful in certain scenes, particularly the scenes with um, techno. And the fact is, it's very colorful and very bright. And there's a lot of moments where it just sort of embraces this sort of trippy atmosphere, even during dance-offs, like the dance-off scene where um, I would say the K-pop characters, when they're dancing and the reggaeton characters are dancing and when jazz, uh, smooth jazz has his moment, because there's all these different types of trolls with that type of music. 
that have their own island, but they're not really a frac a faction. They when their sequences happen, it's very out there. It's it's almost like the film wants to embrace a very out there, very yellow submarine look uh, 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 aesthetic. It almost wants to embrace the sort of feel of yellow submarine, which is definitely like a psychedelic thing. But I also think the film wants to kind of hold back on it, which I think is a mistake. I think the film should have just embraced those trippier elements, and then it would have been a much funner, better experience. And I think that its middle part, which for the most part isn't as exciting. Like there's a whole sequence where they're in a country, uh, in the country land, I think the land of country music. It just isn't as super excited. And I think that the problem was that it was, it just wasn't the best and it wasn't funny enough. And it, it, it moves really fast during most of it. And then that whole sequence just drags on too long. I thought, okay, I get what they're trying to do, but it just drags to drags on. And also I feel like, um, it almost comes across like they they just kind of do these weird covers of music. And they're not, again, both movies are not great at picking songs for covers. And during that sequence, when the character, the pop music characters do their covers, I kind of felt like they were going for obvious jokes. I get that they're supposed to be bad music, and that's why they get arrested in Countryland. But it's just, it's just not funny, I guess. Like, they're so stereotypically bad, the music that they encounter, that... It's almost obvious. Like, Who Let the Dogs Out be one of the songs? Okay, come on now. We could do better. We can do a little bit better in deciding what bad pop music is. And one thing I will say, though, is that even though the middle and those sequences are kind of slow, the opening sequence with the medley of Trolls Just Want to Have Fun, that's actually not a bad choice. I think that this film, for the most part, does not do a bad job in in the cover of that medley that medley for the most part has different songs in it and it's very rapid but it also does a good job of introducing the different trolls and introducing the types of you know the 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 diversity of pop music so i thought it was a pretty decent job even if it isn't perfect i'd also like the fact that when they do certain covers that they're sung well enough but i also think that they're not perfect either way. I think the sequel does have a better job at picking music where it's not super obvious. And I, I do get the impression that they use more original songs. I'm, I, again, I think that because this film wants to have a music eccentric style to it, that it makes sense that they would have more original songs. But the covers, again, they're not perfect either way, and they're not great songs. But Trolls Just Want to Have Fun, which is a medley, that was pretty energetic. That's the one thing I remember the most. And and just in general, Trolls War Tour, the moment you put it on, you watch it, and the moment it comes off, you kind of forget about it. These movies are kind of just, they're just there, you watch it, and then you move on, and you don't really think too much about them. That's why I'll give this one two stars, because even though... It's very fast and it has its moments where it's very trippy. Again, it's it's not the most memorable film and it's not because I didn't choose to remember what the film was about. It's just it's just not that memorable. It's so it's again, it has a fast pace and it goes by really quickly and these movies just want to go to point A, point B, point C, point D, point E. You get my point. You, you they go to different parts and they just keep on moving forward. And there are some really good elements that you can enjoy along the way. Like, again, those trippy sequences. But I also like the acting in this one, too. I think that the highlight this time around, the first time I said that Zoe Deschanel, Justin Timberlake, and a couple of actors were the highlights. But I think this time around, Sam Rockwell 
is the is the highlight of the film. He is he plays this character named Hickory, and he is so likable. Even though it's so obvious what his character's intentions really are, it's so obvious what his character motivation is going to be. But I also feel like the film did a really good job with his character. He's fun and he's charismatic, and he is so difficult to re- to recognize in that role. Again, he's an Oscar winning um, actor. And the fact that he is so good, even at this voiceover, he should get a career in voice acting. I think he'd be really good at that, too. So it shows how versatile Sam Rockwell is. But Hickory is a likable character. I like the fact that he's just kind of this no-nonsense but still compassionate country guy, and I like that. I like the fact that he also gives some really good advice to the characters and he's allowed to be a much more complex character than the writing implies because of Sam Rockwell. He's more likable, but there's something kind of untrustworthy about him. And I like the fact that the film doesn't hide shy from that. And I think Sam Rockwell really plays into that. Um, I would say that it's not a boring movie and characters like the Sam Rockwell character and the trippy moments and the animation being itself. It's a, it's a nice looking movie. Um, the fact those keep it from being boring and the fast pace does kind of get you from point A to point B really quickly. So you don't get super bored, but again, it kind of comes out at the expense of the story. And I feel like we don't take time to get to know everybody and the subplot, the romantic subplot in this time around, I, I do like the way it gets resolved, even though I kind of felt that certain parts of it were, kind of like rinse and repeat from the first movie. Um, I also like the fact that Poppy's character is given, again, another chance to kind of be taken down a peg because her character is a very difficult character to manage in a screenplay because she can come across as very annoying at the wrong hand. So I appreciate that the filmmakers and Anna Kendrick's performance, that they, they allow her to kind of get told that it's not okay, that her attitude isn't always okay. And I like the fact that she's allowed to be a smart character from time to time in the film. So I appreciate parts and elements of Trolls World Tour. Is it worth the 20 bucks? Again, that's up to you. If you liked, if you thought the trailers were fine and if you think that you can handle a $20 price point so you can see something like this movie, so you can see a new movie, again, that's up to you to decide. I think it is it worth it in my opinion. It's a two-star movie. So for me, a two-star movie isn't exactly worth 20 bucks, but I'm going to go without getting everything you would get at a movie theater. Like if without the popcorn and all that stuff, what am I really going to get? You know, unless movie tickets are $20 in some places, in some places they are like LA and all that, but it is what it is. But you know what? There is a way to support your local movie theater, um, the Mary Pickford theater. And I'll let you know in the next segment, but stay tuned. We will talk about that along with the tiger King bonus episode, along with the other movie news that are coming out. Stay tuned. You're listening to flicks and picks with Brian Mendoza on iHub radio. When you want to know what happened and why, and what's next in the Coachella Valley, come here. iHub radio the local news talk authority. This is Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Now here's Brian Mendoza. Hey, I wanted to talk about a very good thing that's happening, and I think it'd be a great way for us to help out in our community. So um, for those of you who know, of course, movie theaters are closed, and that includes 
some of the local movie theaters here in the Coachella Valley, the Pond Springs area. And so over in Cathedral City, the one movie theater that I've always been very supportive of, the Mary Pickford Theater, um, they all, they're starting a very good thing. And let me tell you what it is. So they're doing curbside uh, popcorn pickup. So you're stuck at home and you want to have a movie night, but you don't have any popcorn or candy or soda. So to be able to do this, they will be fulfilling orders, curbside orders of food so they can pay their staff. And I think that is so wonderful because not a lot of movie theaters are doing that. And they are going and they're fulfilling orders. So feel free to call, set up, uh, go ahead and email them, go to their website. They will be sending 100% of the profits going to paying their staff. And these people work hard and they will lose money. And unfortunately, the fact is that they have to get paid to be able to sustain a life, to be able to sustain some positive frame of mind during this time. It's, it's a crisis that's kind of putting us that's putting all of us at a disadvantage. So if you want to get some popcorn and you have the money to do so, and you want to support a local business do please do this. They are going to fill orders for curbside pickup. They're filling in orders, but the time, the, the pickup times are April 17th and Saturday, April 18th from 5 PM to 7 30 PM. So feel, Get your order in advance. Go over there. They have different price points for different things. So you can have like a popcorn and soda and then popcorn by itself and then a popcorn, soda and candy. Kind of kind of how you typically have it. And they're not badly priced. They're actually really good prices and you'd be supporting people. So please, out of the kindness of your heart, if you can do this and you will be able to, please consider it. it they are always supportive and they're always holding community events and they're always opening up their doors for like, festivals and all that and these festivals for the most part don't um they they don't benefit to, they uh, they don't ask for much other than some help right now and i think it's important to help out a movie theater while it's struggling because we need these people to be paid because it not only motivates them to come back and still give them your their friendly smile give you their friendly smile and great customer service but it will encourage the movie theater to still stay open and give them a place in the community and feel desired in the community. So I definitely want you to do this. Please consider supporting the Mary Pickford theater. It is, um, again, April 17 and April 18 will be the orders from five to seven 30, but please call in advance because this, again, these are the curbside order times. These are not, they're filling in orders. So do so now because they will, hopefully they make so much that they will be sold out. I would want them to. So let's get them to that point where they make so much money to be able to um, say, Hey, we're sold out and they've have enough money for their employees. It's going to be great. And I really want them to be supportive and they'll be doing everything possible towards um, sanitizing and everything. So it's going to be great. And you can leave, you don't have to leave the comfort of your car to be able to fulfill these orders and it'd be great. And I love it. So my heart goes out to those, the staff of the, of the Mary Pickford theater. And I hope that we, they make enough money to be able to have some, um, some layover for their, uh, for a while and for a couple, for more than just a couple weeks. I hope so, because you never know when movie theaters are coming back. I hope, I hope they come back soon, but you never know. Uh, not, never know not not just that but you'll never know when people are comfortable enough to go back to the movie theater 
So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that you all put pitch in a little bit. Even if it's to buy one popcorn, it still helps out a lot. It means a lot to a local business. But hey, do what you can during this time, you know. But if you can't do it, unfortunately, because you're struggling yourself, I understand. I get that. Please only do this if you have the ability to do so. And go above and beyond if you can. Buy, buy everybody a popcorn and get some get enjoy a movie at home you know enjoy some great movies you know maybe you'll even replicate the experience of being at a movie theater by actually buying some popcorn and watching trolls world tour at home it's not perfect but it might actually enhance the experience <laughs> so please again do what you can during this time to support the mary pickford theater i am again gonna and if there's any more follow-ups past this point um I will let you know in a future episode, but for the time being, this is a great opportunity. Please do what you can. They're a great movie theater. They've been very supportive of me, and, they have, and they're, they're just so great. So I definitely say support them. Do what you can. All right. So outside of that, we do have one more thing to cover. The Tiger King and me, uh, Tiger King and I, uh, excuse me. Um, after show special hosted by John McHale from community. Um, this is a bonus episode that actually came out. So I guess Jeff Lowe was trustworthy after all. I'm a little surprised, but Hey, you know, sometimes, you know, a broken clock is always right twice a day sometimes, but, um, geez, what an episode. What, not a perfect way to end your series. The original ending of the show, which was episode seven, was great. That was a really solid ending. It was vague, it was sudden, and it and it kind of lent itself to making it seem all the more extraordinary and crazy. But this after show, in my opinion, is not a great way of continuing the show's legacy. I think that this is this is what I think went wrong with it. John McHale is not a perfect host for this. I love him and I think he's great at other things. He's funny, he's charismatic, but as a host and someone who interviews and asks questions, he is not great at it because I feel like he comes across as condescending and I think these people kind of don't appreciate the way they're being talked to, especially considering that they're just average everyday people. And I think that John McHale being a celebrity, he comes across like he's getting some hubris out of it. And I don't think that that's a really good image for him. Um, so just making it clear, that's really the main weakness is John McHale. He's not perfect at hosting. And I think that they also go out of their way to make it seem also mundane. So, And the format too, just people staying at home and asking questions, it's not a great format either. I get that. I think it's a lot funnier if they were all together in a room and they were being interviewed and they could talk back to each other, but it's just not per it's not a perfect setup. And I think that there's the questions are again, they've been repeated over and over again. And the fact that these points have been made in the documentary and also without Carol Baskin in the actual special, I, I feel like again, they're repeating things that have been said about her that, I honestly want to say her video that she did following up on it on YouTube right now is a better thing to watch because at least I hear her side of the story and things that need to be cleared up and it gains more insight that way as opposed to like this where everybody is kind of repeating the same points and John McHale is just not perfect at asking questions. He kind of makes jokes and not every question has to be a one-liner. So um, I'm going to give the one... Uh, the final episode one and a half stars out of four it just wasn't worth it 
but the rest of the show is a four-star show so definitely watch tiger king if you haven't seen it but maybe you should skip out on the after show thank you for listening stay home stay safe 